0: Water in the court.
1: Be seated. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart. Todd Marquart, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid.
2: 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's
1: Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to
2: Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. And I'm your co-host, Cristiana Viegas.
0: And I'm your host, Todd Marquardt, attorney with Marquardt Law Firm. Decisions about your future can be difficult, But at Falcon Bank, their trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. From estate planning and administration of trusts to investment management, including real estate and mineral management, Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you.
2: So, what's the mission of having Talk Law Radio every weekend when we can have a live episode?
0: The mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to discuss the law with the public, but... Because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and laws are ever-changing, nothing provided herein should be used as a substitute for competent legal counsel. Contact an attorney to find out which one is the right law firm for you. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Of course. Dear God, Thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings you give to us. Please forgive us our sins, our mistakes, and for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Byron Cordes, Christiana, and me give good information to the listeners about care management and successful aging 101 today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. So if you're tuning in, we are on our Facebook live stream today, and we are still trying to exercise social distancing. Uh, It's a little bit hard. I haven't yet grown in my pair of eyes behind my head, so I can't see any facial expressions you send me, Todd. (laughs) Um, And the one free advice we can give is make sure that you're always washing your hands as often as possible with the pandemic that's out and about right now that's the best measure that you can take if you can't find any hand sanitizer and don't be trying to make your own <laughs> that's another tip that i can give um <clears throat> but we are still here live on our show and we have byron cords cordless cordis cordis Ah, oh great to hear you then you're connected already you're live on the air byron welcome
1: well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. The, uh, honor.
2: Absolutely. And since you're on our phone line today, we can't take any live calls if you're tuning in on the radio. But if you subscribe to our Facebook channel and look up our live stream, you can send us the comments and our video, and I'll be able to read your comments if you have any questions for Byron.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea, Christiana. So, Byron, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, so, um, first of all, thank you again, Todd. Uh, I appreciate, um, appreciate your show. It's, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I am Byron Cordes. I am a clinical social worker. I've been a social worker for just over 30 years um, and started out in the state of Oklahoma but learned quickly I needed to be in Texas. Uh, so I've been here about 25 years. Um, I have a bachelor's in social work, from Oklahoma State University and a master's in social work from Arlo University. Uh, I am, uh, as, again, as I said, I'm licensed through the state of Texas as a clinical social worker. Uh, I am also certified as a care, as a case manager through the National Association of Social Workers and a certified care manager <coughs> through the National Association of Certified Care Managers. Um, I serve on several boards. I'm president of the um, Care Management Board. Uh, I'm the past president for the Aging Life Care Association, the National Association for uh, Aging Life Care Professionals. Uh, I serve on the Texas Board, uh, the Texas um, Council for Alzheimer's and Related Disorders. I serve on the local Alzheimer's Board. I serve on the local Adult Protective Services Board, and actually chair this uh, for the next couple of years of that. Um, and In between all the boards and everything else, I try to uh, run a um, geriatric care management company.
0: God uh, bless. We, You're a busy man. <laughs>
2: That's a very decorated <laughs> I, portfolio.
1: <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's it's fine with somebody who can't say no. So um, so, and yeah, we have a care management company with six full-time care managers.
0: Go ahead, Christiana.
2: Well, I was just going to ask, do you get any sleep during that time?
1: <laughs> I do. I actually I think sleep is very important, so I, I prioritize. Um, sleep, is, uh, sleep is way up there. So.
0: Okay, let's break down some of these uh, memberships that you have. I'm sure everybody's wondering what it all means. But you started out with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in college, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. and then uh, tell me about certifications that you have. Uh, are they required to practice what you do?
1: So they are not. Not for care management. For social work, you you can only call yourself a social worker in the state of Texas if you uh, went to a certified went to a um, an accredited school and have a license to the state. It is a protected term, so. Uh, the fathers, when folks, say, "Hey, I'm basically a social worker." It's like saying, "Hey, I'm basically a physician," or "I'm basically a lawyer." Yeah, I don't um, want them to
0: do that. Mm-hmm. I,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, and I get it. Uh, social workers were nice people, but but there are there is a skill set behind that too, and the licensure to prove it. I hope. Um, so the certifications um, for uh, geriatric care management, which is, is uh, a few years ago, uh, that term was fairly confusing. Um, interlaced with case management and, and different care options. Um, and so we still use that term, but uh, a lot of folks now use an aging life care professional. So you'll, you'll hear me use those two terms kind of interchangeably. Um, so you don't, that's, it's, it's unfortunately an unregulated um, industry. So uh, my daughter who has a uh, bachelor's degree in English, uh, could go print business cards tomorrow And call herself a care manager. She can't call herself an aging life care professional. That was one of the reasons we started using that term, it is a protective term uh, through the National Association of Aging Life Care Professionals.
2: I think we're going to dive a little deeper into the meaning behind that, but continue, Byron. We'll uh, go more into what's an aging life care professional later in the show.
1: Yeah,
0: tell us why would you go through getting all these certifications?
1: Yeah, I think the certification is important to protect the client. Um, so the senior, the adult with disabilities, um, and of course the families and the and the the systems that that are working with all of those people. Um, so the certification um, and the, there's several certifications. I I have two of them, um, and uh, one through the National Association of Social Workers and one through the uh, National. Um, uh, uh, national Certification for Case Management, or for Care Management. Uh, so both of those have codes of ethics. They have um, standards of care that kind of dictate how we should practice care and or case management. Um, and then ramifications for um, staying um, independent. So we try to always serve the client. Uh, and and we try to not have conflicts of interest, like taking fees for doing other things, selling people other products at the same time. Uh, it's kind of like your physician. If, if you go in and they're trying to sell you um, a, a brand of, of vitamins that you can only get from them, you, you feel compelled to buy it from them because it must be right. Um, but there's a conflict of interest there. So, the same thing in care management. Um, if I'm running a nursing home or if I'm Uh, even providing home care. There's a potential um, conflict of interest there if I'm coming in and trying to recommend services for your loved one, and yet it's services I also profit from. Um, So keeping those separated is a good idea. And that's that's what that certification helps prove to folks that... That, uh we, we adhere to those standards
0: thank you for explaining that
2: so we're going to test a little bit about that knowledge that you gained from having earned all those certifications when we come back from this commercial so stay on the line with us byron stay on the channel with us if you're tuning in now here on talk law radio with todd Marcourt. again we are on facebook live stream we can't accept any calls but you can still send us comments on facebook
3: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place. Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm, marquardtlawfirm.com.
2: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt, and I'm your co-host, Christiana Viegas. And on the phone lines, we have Byron Cordes of Sage Care Management, helping us understand about what is geriatrics care management and why did he go through all those hurdles to gain his certifications.
0: And we also wanted to find out uh, about successful aging 101. What do you mean by that, Byron? By
1: successful aging, um, well, I, you know, I think most of us only age once, uh, and so um, we'd like to do it right. Uh, and it, it's a problem. You know, sometimes we raise um, we raise children, uh, we make mistakes, and we learn from those, and so our second, third, fourth children benefit from that. Um, but our, our parents, our loved ones only age once. So um, we uh, we want that to be successful. We want people to feel empowered and autonomous, and we want them to get the right and best care for them, whatever that means for them, not necessarily impose upon our seniors or our adults with disabilities as they age um, what we think is best for them, yeah, even sometimes what the family thinks is best for them. So,
2: and sometimes that should start by making sure you get the right kind of information. I mean, one joke that I often uh, used to say sometimes is people tell me to act my age, but how can I be my age if I've never been it? So, <laughs>
0: right. And then
2: when, when you turn into a senior, you hear all these things about what you should be doing to when you're getting ready for retirement and if you're going to become incapacitated, but you never really know until you're actually at that bridge. And then there's so many factors that can come up that you're unexpecting. So, what kind of misinformation do you find yourself having to disprove the most?
1: Oh, wow. I, I think, um, you know, uh, Google, WebMD, all of these, the internet is, uh, is, a, is a powerful tool, and there's some wonderful things out there, but we certainly find people who have found, you know, incorrect information um, all the time. Um, and I, I think one of the biggest things is, is the misunderstanding between um, lots of different services, but certainly between Medicare and Medicaid. Right. Um, and I was I, I taught I taught actually public policy for about ten years um, at RAU LA The Lake. I taught social workers, um, you know, why why the government makes programs that we do, um, and. and it's of course, a couple of those are Medicare and Medicaid, and I always used to say I don't understand why we named them so close to each other because that's that's half the confusion. i um, should sure I named them Medicare and Bob or something. So <laughs> they're two totally two totally different names. Um, but you know, we'll we'll get you know family members who say, "Hey, I, I need help with my mom. Um, her next door neighbor told me that you know Medicare will pay for a nursing home or." They'll say, um, you know, Medicare's, Medicaid is providing 24-hour care for her next-door neighbor. Um, both of those are not true. Neither of those can ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just that misinformation that people get from friends, neighbors, and then the almighty people.
0: You know, my granddad fell into that same trap. Uh, when I was in law school, my grandmother was in the nursing home, and I was visiting, And I was asking him how things were going, and he said, they're kicking your grandmother out of the nursing home. (laughs) And I said, really? She's the nicest lady I've ever known. What could she have done to get evicted from the nursing home? And what I discovered was they weren't really kicking her out. They just said that Medicare was done uh, paying for the rehab portion, and so he was going to have to private pay or Bring her home or do something like that but he couldn't lift her and she was uh, pretty much bed-bound and so uh, she was gonna have to stay there but that was the the same misinformation he thought why isn't Medicare gonna pay for this but the statistics tell us that 60% of us will need long-term care sometime during our lives and forty percent of all seniors uh, sixty five or older, will spend some time in a nursing home and, so
2: and even with the numbers fluctuating with our current events right now, um, those who do still survive afterwards still need to make sure that they're planning for the what ifs and the unexpected getting to that age and especially any kind of medical ramifications that are still unknown about surviving the side effects of COVID-19.
0: But it's not just assisted living and nursing home. There's home care too. So I have uh, clients every week, every month, every year that come in and ask me, uh, what am I supposed to do? I know that my loved one needs help, but I don't know what kind of help that they need. Is this uh, a question that you can answer byron
1: yes i think it is and i i think um mark you kind of hit on i'm sorry todd <laughs> um, you you hit on i was going to call you mr marquardt and i decided to blur your name <laughs> uh i promise we do know each other um so I, I think you you kind of hit upon the importance um of of planning holistically um, and that includes um you know, an estate plan, understanding what finances you have, um, which is of course the important work that, that your law firm does. The, um, I, I, but beyond that, the, the types of care that people need, I think one of the, the, the things we like to talk about at, at SAGE is there are levels of care and, and most people talk about that like it's a place. Um, we like to talk about levels of care as just um, Theoretically, what do you need, or realistically, really, what do you need? What are the types of care that you need? and Very specific. Do you need somebody to, um, you know, to bathe you? Do you need somebody to feed you? Do you just need somebody to hand you your medication? And that type of care, that level of care is what you need. Locus of care is where it is done. Um, And so you can get assisted living level of care at home. You can get nursing level of care at home. Um, unfortunately, money is the biggest driver behind that. And so, um, how do you pay for that? With a blending of your own money, long-term care insurance, um, VA benefits, um, money from families? So, um, how how do you how do you how do you get that care? Um, is is very dependent on, on finances.
0: Yeah, and it's so important to make the right decision. Because if you have the wrong level of care, you don't have the right type of assistance. Then something bad can happen.
1: Absolutely, uh, we had a client one time, and I, I. This is why we push so hard for our families to at least tell us generally what money you know what kind of money they have, and that's part of our part of our assessment. Um, and we used to be bashful about it. And um, we don't ask for account numbers. We don't. You know, I don't. I'm not trying to get at your money. You just need to know what kind of resources you have. Um, but we had a grandson who was taking care of his grandmother, and um, he said, "No, my grandfather left her well prepared. She's getting 24-hour care in the home, which cost at the time about $15,000 a month." And he was very hesitant to tell us about funding. And finally, finally, he said, "No, no, my grandfather did well great. He left her with $70,000, so she's oh, wow. <laughs> great." I don't know if you can do math, I, you know, <laughs> I, I
0: didn't,
1: but just fifteen thousand dollars a month into the seventy thousand is not very long it right equals, equals not much. So um, yeah, we had to quickly talk about this is unsustainable, and right. so let let's let's come up with a sustainable plan um, that will work for her, for the finances, and for the family.
0: And part of deciding what level of care and what type of care someone would need. You need a medical professional uh, to do that type of assessment. Do you have somebody like that?
1: We do so um, our you know for our general assessment, we look at everything um, we look at not only medical but we look at financial we look at legal I promise we're not practicing law um, we or financial planning um, we look at their social interactions we look at um, the, the safety of of the options that they have, um, so health really is only one piece of that. Um, as a clinical social worker, we have three social workers in our in our office. We have two RNs in our office, and then we have um, uh, a um, another care manager with a uh, geriatric sociology degree, um, and even our office manager has her bachelor's in psychology. Um, so we bring kind of a wide range of of backgrounds. Um, so all of us are, have have interactions in the medical world. And um, of course, certainly our nurses um, are probably considered frontline medical, um, but as social workers, we are also considered medical. We're, you know, we're licensed to diagnose mental health issues. We are licensed to treat mental health issues. Um, and so, and then we've all worked in medical facilities. So when we come in, we partner with the current medical providers, uh, physicians, nurse practitioners, Whoever's been helping them diagnose, or we help connect them with those right folks, those psychiatrists, neurologists, for the for those folks with dementia, which we see unfortunately a lot of, um, and and get a, a firm diagnosis of you know what, where they are in whatever disease processes they are um, going through, but then also what their current functionality is, because you to have two people with the same diagnosis uh, diagnosed on the exact same day, and yet. Because of their lifestyle, because of everything else they you know they're tracking differently, so we help figure that out where they might be in a week and where they might be in in a year where they might be in five years, so that we can help come up with a plan that's on um, sustainable and long range.
0: Great.
2: Social workers, senior planning, finances, oh my, yes, this is a new episode on Talk Law Radio. If you're tuning in now, we are live with Byron Cordes of Sage Care Management, helping us understand what is successful aging 101, why even you should be planning ahead of this. And Byron is on our phone lines if you're tuning in and you're trying to call us with your questions, that's because the phone lines are tied up, but... Go to Facebook if you have an account, and you can subscribe absolutely for free. Yes, Facebook is still free. Subscribing is for free. Watching is absolutely for free, and you can submit your comments if you have any questions for Byron before the show is over. I can look at the comments right now and watching, and you can submit your comments in Talk Law Radio. So just type in Talk Law Radio and look for the Scales of Justice, and you'll be able to subscribe to our page.
0: You know, I got some help from Byron in his office one time with a client, um, and the services that helped me was um, finding all the right people to talk to. Uh, I had a client in a nursing home, and I needed to get a diagnosis from a medical professional about whether or not this person had capacity to make decisions and whether or not the the power of attorney and medical power of attorney should take over. And so uh, someone from his office did all the legwork and phone calls and found a physician, requested that that uh, evaluation be done, got the opinion, and uh, then they did their physical and, and assessments and everything and uh, gave me an, a written opinion about, Uh, what level of care and where uh, appropriate care could be provided. So that was all um, a great experience for me. And if you have somebody that that you're wondering about whether um, they're in the right place or receiving the right care, you could always get a second opinion from a care manager like uh, Byron at Sage.
2: By the way, Byron, how can they reach you if your are your offices still open during the shutdown right now?
0: Our offices
1: are still open. We are trying to practice some social distancing with, uh, with COVID-19. Um, and so we're, we're spending less time in our office so that we're not congregating you know, near each other. Uh, but our phones are still being answered you know, remotely. And our, our phone number is 210-492-1224. Our website is sage-care.com, and um, our generic uh, email is info at sage-care.com.
2: And after mentioning sage-care.com, you can still stay tuned after our commercial break when we come back here on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt interviewing Byron Cordes of Sage Care Management and Successful Aging 101. Don't change that channel, because we'll be right back. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Markhor. Byron Cordes of Sage Care Management is with us on the phone lines. Byron, can you still hear us? I can. Welcome back, and you're live still with us here on Talk Law Radio. We cannot accept any phone calls from the audience if you're listening through the radio. But if you're safe and stationary, you should be at home right now with the ordinance in place. But (laughs) um, if you have a Facebook account, you could subscribe to our Facebook for free, Talk Law Radio, and it's the logo with the scales of justice. You can watch us on the live stream and send us your comments of any questions you have for Byron before the show is over. Now, Byron... As you're helping us understand the reason to prepare for Successful Aging 101, why are you even passionate about this? Why are you even doing this kind of work?
1: Well, the easiest question the shortest answer is probably because I love seniors. Um, Just when uh, we moved away from my family, my extended family in Ohio, we moved to Oklahoma when I was a child, And so I only got to see my grandparents kind of infrequently, Uh, you know, a couple of times a year as we would travel back and forth. We didn't have um, this amazing Internet uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, So just kind of not growing up around my um, my, uh, my aging grandparents was kind of difficult. And then to see them as I grew up and, and aged, uh, or, I'm sorry, started getting uh, into my profession, uh, and I saw them. I'd go back to, to Cincinnati and just see them aging without the support of their children. Uh, both of my parents were, um, for better or worse, uh, essential not um, uh, only children. Um, and so to, to see them try to deal with their parents and their even their aunts and uncles um, from a distance was just really difficult, and so um, as I started working in a hospital setting, um, in case management, uh, I, I just saw the need for um, this type of work outside of facilities. Um, you know, we have a lot of social workers and, and um, even nurse case managers and hospitals and then, um, home care. Um, they're in nursing homes. But for those folks in their own home um, or looking for an unbiased um, answer, there just really wasn't there really wasn't anything. Everybody else was kind of, um, even the case managers that existed, kind of had two masters. They had to serve the clients and they had to serve their facility. Um, and so um, I, wanted, I wanted a place where people could kind would come and get just honest answers. And you know, if we do our job right, we just work ourselves out of it very quickly. We can educate folks and set them up with the right services. Um, and then, you know, in the best of circumstances, then work on.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because and thank you for sharing your personal experience uh, most people ask well why can't the family just do this why can't the family make all these arrangements why can't the family make all these decisions
1: um, and again I think the short answer is they can um, they just need the right information uh, and and um, as I think we said before if you rely on Google, your next door neighbor, sometimes even your doctor, um, if you if you get advice from folks um, who who've never had someone age or they've had someone age differently, they have ha- they've had a different experience, and so they, they you can get some bad advice. At the very least, you might get uh, it. Might just take you days and days and days to get the advice that you need.
0: Trial and, so, and error think... can be painful, can't it? <laughs>
1: It can be, and it can be costly. Uh, it can be very, very costly. So, so I think I think coming to someone like us, there you know, that, then there are people who can't, um, or for uh, a variety of reasons, their work, um, um, other obligations, um, they they just simply can't help manage that senior in home in their home. And so, of course, we we continue with those. We have folks um, who have literally no one, and so we are. Um, We are, I hate to say we're the the extended family because they're not family. We are professionals. Um, But we may be their only lifeline. We have several clients who um, that's, we're really it. Uh, And they've hired us to to help them age appropriately in place. We understand their their specific needs and we advocate for that very strongly with their physicians and um, everybody else that comes into contact with them as their situation changes.
0: How could you help if, there was a, a bigger family, and, and they were involved, and they, they did want to make the right decisions, but all of the adult children in the family had uh, each their own opinion, and everybody wanted to do something a different way. Here's an example. I once uh, represented somebody in a lawsuit where uh, one of the adult children would uh, drive their parent down to a nursing or assisted facility, and one of the other adult children would go pick him up and bring him home and have a care provider at home. Is there, is there a role for you as a care manager in that situation?
1: Definitely, and I guess I, I'm laughing because I think you've, you've probably hit on about 35 to 40% of our clients, where um, families just disagree. And um, as you know, they sometimes they disagree to varying levels. Sometimes they disagree nicely, and sometimes they disagree unnicely. Uh, and oftentimes the, the unnice uh, disagreements end up in court. Um, and so there are all times in those where we are court-ordered. Families have to hire a care manager um, Our probate judges. Um, recognize that sometimes they just need a uh, someone kind of in the middle to give good advice. We don't we don't make decisions, but we just give good advice. So for those certainly for those families that get along, um, let's pretend there's a lot more of those because I hope there are. Um, but we can come in and um, we can assess that that senior's true need and and that senior's desire. We we try to get to the bottom of their wishes. Our client is always the senior. So even if the adult child hires us, which is often, um, the senior is always our client. And so we're going to work towards what they want or would have wanted if they could express that. And so um, if their preference would have been to stay at home and it's feasible, that's what we're going to advocate for. Um, If their wishes were unclear and, and the facility is a better option for them, um, either because of the care that can be provided, or just financially, it's the, it's the cheaper option. It's the, it's the more sustainable option, and that's what we're going to advocate for. And then, because of our mental health background, our our social workers, um, we are trained in um, mediation. I don't I don't use that term as the legal mediation. There are there are legal mediators, um, but we do um, we do work with family systems and help them communicate better. We help them. Um, hopefully come together and work, uh, work for the, the best outcome for that for their parents.
0: Okay, how about this? Uh, somebody quits their job and moves in with mom or dad to take care of them, and they're, they're stressed out, they're overwhelmed, and they just keep trying to do more and more. Is there a role for you to play? Could you give some advice to somebody in that situation?
1: Yeah, I think um you know the first thing we're gonna do is, is try and find the, the ways that those caregiver roles can be shifted to other people. So if there's uh if there's a family member that's out of town or not quite as um involved, um maybe they can help keep track of the doctor's appointments. Maybe they can reorder the medications or um or maybe they can just send a check. Uh but but finding a way for other other involved families um to get involved at the best way in the best way they can. Um, but then also helping to find professionals in, within the system, um, professional caregivers, um, day centers, um, just respite care, places to give that person a break. So we are going to work to find um, how that caregiver can take care of themselves and be the best caregiver. And we do know from statistics that about 65% of all caregivers, uh, at least for folks with dementia, um, have a major health issue and even can die uh, before the person they're taking care of. And that um, stress is intense. So, um, And then we can also take some of those roles off of that that caregiver from a care management standpoint. Um, I'm not going to lie, we're not not cheap, so we try to find the best uh, way for that family to get the help that they need in the most cost-effective way. Um, So sending us to do, you know, grocery shopping is uh, probably a really, uh, really bad use of their money. But, um, you know, so we're going to help them find, you know, a a personal shopper or a a grocery delivery system. So
2: So then how do you know when they actually need to contact you? I mean, do they have to wait to get a physician's diagnosis uh, before that point? What are the signs that people should be looking out for?
1: So I think you know, unfortunately, most people call um, an aging life care professional like like Sage um, when they're in a crisis, and um, I will say we're we're really good at that. That's um, it's not a terrible time to call us, Um, but if if they can call us when they're they first when families first start to see signs um, of concern, Um, so you know mom or dad are living home alone, mom and dad are living home alone, and they want they just they just need a plan, and we can come in and help them with that plan, and then hopefully you know, two years down the road, we can, we can jump back in when they need to implement that plan, but we can help folks get a, get a plan in place early on
2: planning is something that a lot of people end up procrastinating on but if you stay tuned after our commercial we'll be having byron continue with our episode here on talk law radio discussing about successful aging 101 with his company sage care management but as you are watching us on facebook live stream as well you can send us any comments and questions that you have for byron so don't change that channel when we come back here on talk law radio with todd Marcourt.
3: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquart Law Firm, marquardtlawfirm.com.
2: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Cristiana Viegas, and we're live on our phone lines with Byron Cordes of Sage Care Management, Helping us understand successful aging 101. We can't take any live calls because Byron is tying up our phone lines as we are exercising social distancing during our current events. But if you subscribe to our Facebook channel for free, again, that's Talk Law Radio, and look for the logo that has the scales of justice. You can be able to watch us on our live stream, send us our comments and questions during the show and for any of our upcoming episodes that will still be coming this following month. But back to you, Byron.
0: Okay, Byron, I wanted to ask you about two more situations. But first, let me give a shout out to our iPod, our podcast (laughs) on uh, uh, what is it called iTunes, iTunes, that's what I was looking for. So there's lots of legal situations that you may or may not uh, be aware of. And if you're bored, sitting at home being uh, quarantined or you're just uh, following the new regulation that we have to stay home or work safe, Uh, listen to those podcasts and send me uh, your opinion so that we can talk about something that you're interested in.
2: Absolutely. We would love to have some recommendations. So whether it's through the iTunes and our podcast comments on our Facebook and even our YouTube channel, you can send us your comments and recommendations to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.
0: Or if you don't do iTunes, you can go to TalkLawRadio.com and listen to our episodes on that page.
2: Absolutely. Sorry, Android users. Almost forgot about you.
0: (laughs) Okay. So the next situation... I wondered if you ever met uh, an older person who was ornery. (laughs)
2: Every day. Yeah, and
0: they don't know that they're ornery. They don't know that they need any help. They just want you to leave them alone. But they might have a friend, neighbor, or family member that is begging for somebody to help them. Are you or somebody in your office able to uh, communicate effectively with an older person who's Henri.
2: And help us also understand the definition of Henri. We want to make sure we are <laughs> enunciating our words correctly and that our audience is hearing us correctly. Henri.
1: Henri. I don't know. That sounds very French. <laughs> um, I, I, You know, Henri, I think, has it's a scale. I would argue that it's, uh, you know, that you have that just fiercely independent senior who, who just you know, has their whole life um, kind of wanted to be left to their own devices, um, and then you you have all the way up to that you know honoree, uh, that, that uh, senior who may um, be acting out because of a mental health issue or a substance abuse issue. We certainly, we see um, alcohol uh, play a, a, a large part in um, some of our seniors bad behaviors where they're just making bad decisions and, and um, fighting off any kind of help. Um, so I, I'm going to go back to the, you know, first, we want to make sure that we honor the senior. And if, if they've always been fiercely independent, then we want to try to help honor that to the best possible way while still keeping them safe. As society gets to decide, you know, what's safe, that's why we have our probate courts and then we have wonderful attorneys like Todd Marquardt, but um, you know we, we we only put up with so much uh, before we uh, we as a society need to step in, and of course the protective services is there, um, the probate courts to help us decide that. But if if there is a family member or a neighbor who is just absolutely begging, um, I, I think our staff—we've been in business for 18 years. Um, most uh, of the six care managers we have, um, our newest care manager has probably been with us only about. Six months, but everybody else is ten years or longer with us, um, and um, you know histories before that. Um, we all have different skill sets to to help that senior recognize um, that accepting a little bit of help now may may keep them more independent than they thought. So I, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to argue. I think we're pretty good at it.
0: An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Amen. <laughs> Okay, another situation, uh, these folks are known as the sandwich generation. They have kids, and they're taking care of their parents. Um, is there a role for you to play to help them balance um, the, the time that they have in taking care of their their older loved ones and their younger loved ones?
1: Yes. I think so. I think, you know, we help bring balance to that. And as someone fucking that sandwich generation, I have a daughter who's twenty three. Um, while technically now an adult. Um, if anybody out there has a twenty three year old, you know they still they still need a little coddling, or at least my daughter does. Maybe we didn't do a great job, but um so and then you know, I have a mother who's eighty two years old. And then I have in laws uh who are in their late seventies, one with um pretty moderate dementia, and my mother in law Uh, Is suffering from Alzheimer's disease, so helping folks, um, helping folks recognize that there is a balance. I I think that's where that counseling kind of helps come in, where we help folks decide, uh, you know, where their priorities need to lie, um, and helping them not feel guilty about asking for help on one side or the other. Getting help with the senior or getting help with the children so that they can balance both.
0: So this Uh, is some planning that could take place. It, you don't have to wait for an emergency. You can call Sage Care and Byron and just tell them that you're worried about what might come when your parents are getting older. Right? Could be Absolutely. a proactive approach. And Absolutely. And
2: just one more time again, Byron, what was that number again?
1: 210-492-1224.
0: Okay, now... I'd like to go into our, our final segment of the show. Uh, because we're sponsored by Marquart Law Firm and Marquart Law Firm focuses on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and estate plans, we like to ask our guest about legacy. Byron, what would you say your legacy you want to what would you say you want your legacy to be?
1: well wow. i just I, I hope that we can get to a world where we honor our seniors and we recognize that, um, that the the our older folks and you know currently that includes the you know the greatest generation those folks having served in in world wars um having protected us and served us so well that there's that that they're not disposable that we can um still get a lot from them uh And and we can learn um, so much. So I I guess my hope would be that I I leave this world, not too soon, but I leave this world one day um, with helping folks have a greater appreciation for our seniors and and, and everything that they've done for us. Um, And and also a a throw-in for for Alzheimer's, a cure for Alzheimer's, I would love to see that with sixth leading cause of death in the United States. It's the only one in the top 10 um, diseases that affect seniors that does not have a cure or a treatment, Um, and that's huge. And so I I would love to see all dementias, um, including Alzheimer's, uh, have have a viable um, treatment option at the very least.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Um, Part of planning is planning for personal care and tax planning, um, but also how would you want to be taken care of? I'm not talking to you, Byron. I'm talking to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to help people make sure that the way they want to be taken care of is written down and legally enforceable. And so I, I invented this thing called the take care of clause And there's not many attorneys that even think this far down. They're only thinking about tax planning and legal planning. But I want to help people make sure that they're taken care of in the way that they want to be taken care of, not just a guess that a family member uh, comes up with. Because I have a lot of people that walk into my office and they hold up the power of attorney and they say, "Um, I'm power of attorney now, what do I do? Well, that's only a permission slip that gives you authority to make decisions. If you want your trusted agents to carry out your wishes, we're going to have to write it down and we're going to have to make sure that it's legally enforceable. And so one of the ways that we can do that is to put a clause in there that says, go find a care manager, whatever that means to them. And to call everybody in town that calls themselves a care manager, care manager and decide which one's the right one for them um, because then you have this unbiased third-party opinion that's going to give you some advice rather than just trying to uh, learn things by trial and error. That's when a lot of uh, accidents can happen or that's when... Uh, you're maybe not getting the right medical treatment. So if you put this information into your trust, require these professionals to at least be involved, then whoever's the agent, your son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter or niece or nephew or spouse can decide who the right professionals are and how much they can be involved. And you don't even necessarily need to take their advice. Just listen to it and find out from the experts what is going to work.
2: Sometimes you need to look at things from an unattached emotional lens, and it's always great to take into consideration what it is that's going to make you feel best, what's actually best for your health, and then what is actually financially feasible. And by having someone who's a third party that's not attached as emotionally, doesn't have those kind of resentment Uh, built from history of conflict, it'll help you understand exactly what kind of path might just be best for you.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was at a conference one time and the attorney was a family law attorney. And he said um, that his clients, when they were getting divorced, well, they had just hated each other for a few years. But the, the probate attorneys had clients who have hated each other for 40 or 50 years. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said he heard uh, one probate attorney who, who described his client. He said uh, he told his brother, you made your bed when you were four. <laughs> Meaning that he's been holding that resentment that whole time. Oh, goodness. That's a tough way to live. I don't recommend living that way.
2: But what I can recommend doing is subscribing to our Facebook channel. Subscribe to our YouTube, Apple Podcasts over there on iTunes. Or visit our website, TalkLawRadio.com as we finish our episode Byron, thanks again for joining us What's on the next show. next week? Next week, we are going to be interviewing, finally, Ivan Ramirez about international estates. But as always, remember to tune in every Saturday at 11 o'clock for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. We'll see you next week.